0: Welcome to T&D Talk, a special series on the T&D World Line Life podcast channel. For each episode, companies can share their stories about how they are supporting the electric utility industry. Through their tools, technologies, products, and services, they are helping line workers and field workers improve their productivity and safety. This podcast episode focuses on the cable rejuvenation process by Southwire Cable Rejuvenation Services formerly Novinium Underground. Today I will be talking with Wayne Chatterton, Director of Strategy for the Services Industry, and James Steele, Director of Engineering for Southwire. First of all, Wayne, can you describe what happens shortly after line crews install underground cables and water trees begin to form?
1: Yes, a very good question. Cables are buried in the ground anywhere from the Arctic Circle to the equator. In the Antarctic Circle, for that matter, the temperature varies in these different cables. But underground on the planet, for the most part, the temperature is 54 degrees Fahrenheit and the humidity is 100%. So you took brand new cables that came off the reel and you buried it in a water bath that was 54 degrees Fahrenheit and 100% humidity. So if you have an alternating current, which is the whole purpose of having the cable in the first place, and you have water that's slowly diffusing into the insulation, and you have, it brings ions from the ground into the, with it into the cable, you can form what's known as water trees. Unfortunately, these trees can grow inside the insulation, and they're not trees, they're oxidative polyethylene, but they look like trees under a microscope. Unfortunately, when these water trees begin to grow, they can cause premature failure of the cable because they decrease the dielectric strength of the cable.
0: Thank you so much, Wayne. And James, next we'll move on to you. In the 1980s, utilities began replacing their underground cable, but they often couldn't keep up with the failure rate. Can you discuss how your cable injection technology is helping to extend the life of underground cables?
2: Yeah. In the 1980s, the early adopters of underground solid dielectric cables, so we're talking polyethylene and, and mainly EPR, began to see a ramping up of their failure rates as these cables reached the end of their life. Now, these cables were installed earlier in the 60s and 70s and were expected to last at least 50 years. So the rise you know, caught the industry really off guard. And the numbers were rising so quick that they would soon outpace the ability of the utilities to keep up. If done in a purely reactive mode. So these failures, they're attributed to the water treatment phenomena that Wayne had described. Traditionally, utilities would have few options: either repair the cables as failures occur using maintenance budget or institute a wide-scale replacement program using their capital budget. And sometimes, you know, even a combination of both. The invention of cable rejuvenation allows utilities to achieve the same reliability of new cables but in less time and for a lower capital investment. Our technology will extend cable life by 40 years. And where replacement crews can replace maybe at best 300 feet of cable per day, cable rejuvenation can do at least five or six times that in a day and for a quarter to a half the price.
0: And Wayne, utilities began the cable injection process in 1987. What are some of the successes of the rejuvenation process since that time?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, people will say, I've never heard of you, or, you know, does it really work? Well, you know, cable rejuvenation has been employed since 1987. So, you know, we're going on 36 years that it's been done. To date, we've injected over 150 million feet of cable at over 350 utilities worldwide. That's impressive in itself. But the more important point is, is that over 99% of these cables are still in service today. So as James just mentioned, the utilities went from having a daunting number of failures to a manageable amount that they can deal with. And the failures are not coming from the cables that were injected, but are coming from cables that haven't had a chance to experience the cable rejuvenation process.
0: That's interesting. And James, can you talk step-by-step about how the cable rejuvenation process works?
2: Sure. Think of a cable as a metallic conductor surrounded by a layer of insulation. And that conductor is actually made up of not just one strand, but multiple conductor strands layered and kind of twisted together. And in between those individual conductor strands are tiny interstitial volume in which fluid can easily flow, kind of like a garden hose in a way. Now, for that cable system, switching is done, and the cable segment is taken briefly out of surface, typically for you know 30 minutes or so on a loop system. The cable is evaluated to understand the condition of the concentric neutral splice count and length. For that, we use a time domain reflectometer. If the concentric neutrals are in good shape, and typically they are, we proceed with installing injection adapters at the terminations, and a flow test is performed. In most cases, the cable can be switched back into service, and injection can take place you know, with the cable fully energized and loaded. The crew will return when the injection is complete to collect the injection equipment. Typically, the injection equipment is left on overnight while the, the crew moves on to the next segment in the loop for maximum productivity.
0: And James, can you talk a little bit more about how the line crews are involved with the cable rejuvenation process on site?
2: The switching and electrical craft work, of course, must be performed by qualified linemen. To perform the work, we either field our own turnkey line crew of journeyman line workers or partner one of our injection technicians with a utility provided line crew or an electrical subcontractor. You know, Southwire Cable Rejuvenation Services, we hire and partner with only the best linemen. And, you know, if I may make a plug to anyone listening, if you're fascinated by what you've heard about cable rejuvenation technology and interested in joining our team, we'd love to have you. You can visit us at southwire.com backslash careers.
0: Fabulous. And Wayne, can you talk about how the cable injection process lasts for a long period of time?
1: Yeah, that's an important question to understand, you know. In the early days, like James mentioned, cables were lasting, you know, less than 10 years and they didn't know what was going on. Once they found out that it was water, certain utilities attached air tanks or nitrogen tanks to the end of their cables and basically dried the cable out by passing a stream of air through the cable. Now, this works very effectively to remove the water until the tank goes dry and then the water comes back. As we all know, you can't just push on water. Water will push back forever. At Dow Corning, where we developed this process, they realized that if we chemically react with the water instead of pushing on it, you can prevent the water from coming back into the, into the cable. Matter of fact, studies have shown that injected cables will last well beyond the original expected life of the cable. Matter of fact, at least two times the expected life of the cable. So if your cable, as James mentioned, was expected to last 50 years, if we can get to it at a reasonable time when the water trees have been growing, we can actually extend that another 30, 40, 50 years, depending on how the cable lives today. So a very interesting process, and we have proven over the last 36 years that the process does last for a very long time.
0: Thank you, Wayne. And James, where can the rejuvenation process be used?
2: Yeah, so all underground medium and high voltage solid dielectric cables will water tree as they age and can benefit from cable rejuvenation. Cable rejuvenation has been extensively applied to distribution cables in URD as well as mainline feeder applications, so this typically extends from 15 to 46 kV, but cable rejuvenation has also been applied to subtransmission transmission and transmission circuits up to 138 kV, and to submarine cables, you know, some stretching for many miles and connecting, you know, distant islands to the mainland. And for those uh, low-voltage underground cables that form the last link and connect the homes and businesses to the grid, we also offer a different injection service that protects those cables as well from their unique failure mechanisms, mainly corrosion caused by water ingress.
0: And Wayne, can you talk about temperatures? What conditions are optimal for this process?
1: Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, we do injections up in Alaska all the way down to the equator. The injection process is actually, it tailors the fluid and the process to the specific needs of the region we are working in. Like I said, we've injected cables all over the world, even in the deserts of the southwest. Years of experience so allows us to work on almost any cable. You know, Going back to the last question that James just mentioned, you know, where can the rejuvenation process be used? Any cable that we can get fluid from point A to point B from end to end, whether it be a submarine cable that's 10 miles long or a short, you know, 50 foot segment uh, between a transformer and a piece of switch gear. As long as we can get that cable from end to end, we have conditions that we can make it work at any temperature and in almost under any condition.
0: Thank you, Wayne. And James, can you describe the improvements that have been made in the cable injection process since the 1980s?
2: Yeah, you know, Wayne mentioned our 36 years history with cable rejuvenation, and we believe in constant improvement with everything we do, including injection fluids, the injection processes, and the equipment. To date, we've been granted more than 130 patents worldwide on our technology, and the secret to our success is getting fluid into the cable and having that fluid retained in the cable. And over that 30 years of commercial application, we've continued to innovate everything from the fluids and catalysts we inject, the devices we use to seal the ends of the cable and convert that power cable system into a fluid system, and the processes and methods we use to deliver the fluid. You know, altogether, these improvements have doubled the life extension we can provide that cable compared to the first commercial injections of the 1980s.
0: And James, can you describe a case study in which the technology has helped a utility to extend the life of its underground cable?
2: Sure. In the mid-1990s, NV Energy built a forecast model to predict their URD cable failures into the future. And what they saw was a doubling of their outage rate every eight to nine years that would quickly surpass their ability to keep up and maintain service to their expanding customer base of 1.3 million homes and businesses at the time they realized that they needed to to be proactive and get ahead of the failures. And they did so by embracing cable rejuvenation. Within 22 years of working with them, they have addressed their entire URD system and re- rejuvenated more than 12 million conductor uh, feet. By their estimates, cable rejuvenation saved their ratepayers more than $800 million and, and prevented more than 1,300 outages last year alone.
0: Thanks for sharing that, James. And Wayne, can you talk about how the cable rejuvenation process compares to other strategies for extending the life of underground cable and what are some of its key benefits?
1: Yeah, as a circuit owner, as James just mentioned, there are very few options you have when your cable system starts to age or starts to fail. Full-scale cable replacement is an option if you have the money to do it. The other option is like a fault repair and emplacement, replacement and some testing or a repair and replacement mix, a mix of those two types of things. Unfortunately, repairing and replacement are very labor and capital intensive, as illustrated by the study that James just mentioned. Testing, however, only provides a snapshot of the cable health in the time that took the picture. So things could change in that short period of time. Some of the key benefits include minimal disruption to the environment. Cable rejuvenation, we do not dig up. We do not have to go through someone's driveway or lawn. We only access the cable at termination points. It's much faster than replacement, as James had already mentioned. It's also much less costly, one quarter to a half the cost at most. And you can rapidly increase the dielectric strength of cables that are treated with the silicone fluid to like new in a significantly shorter period of time than going through As I said, replacement or repair and replacement.
0: James, what do you see in the future for underground cable replacement?
2: You know, some circuits need to be replaced. For example, you know, if a conductor no longer meets the ampacity demand for its application. And for that reason, there will always remain a need for conventional cable replacement programs. But for cables that are simply just aged and water treated, you know, where their dielectric strength is insufficient for The cable operating in a trouble-free manner you know cable rejuvenation is a great alternative to replacement allowing the work to be done faster for less money and with less disruption to the community stakeholders around it i would like to just add to that too james that's a great
1: point you know there's increasing demands for current to your home as you mentioned before the cables that are in the ground today most of them have the capacity to have a higher You know, they're only run, a utility typically runs a cable at about 25% load. So they can run higher loads if they're trouble-free. So that's very important. And I always tell the story of a typical home in the United States uses about 7 kilowatts of energy per day. And to charge an electric car like a Tesla takes about 7 kilowatts of energy per day. So if you have a stable system to that home, Having 14 kilowatts, which is the equivalent of having two homes on the same site, shouldn't be a concern. And most homes have two cars. And therefore, uh, you know, you have now 21 kilowatt demand on the home. And again, at one thir- it, we're only running at a quarter load. We should be okay as long as the cable's dielectric strength is strong. So great, great story,
2: James. I appreciate it.
0: And do either one of you have any other comments about cable rejuvenation technology?
2: I just want to add, Amy. You know, thank you for inviting us onto the podcast. I've really enjoyed listening to all the podcasts in the past, so thank you.
1: We really appreciate the invite onto the program. It has been a great discussion, great questions. Thank you so much uh, for the audience, though. That's looking to learn more. Obviously, in a short podcast like this, you know, we can't, you know, go through the gory details of the great process that we have. I really urge you to visit our website at southwire.com. And look up cable rejuvenation services of Southwire, and you'll see an extensive uh, list of papers, white papers, and discussions on how to get involved and how to try this process out.
0: Thank you so much, both of you. I appreciate you joining us today for TD Talk. We appreciate everything your company is doing to extend the life of underground cables and help utilities to avoid costly cable replacements.
2: Thanks, Amy. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks, Amy.
0: To learn more about the company's cable rejuvenation services, visit southwire.com. And to listen to our other podcast episodes, visit tdworld.com slash podcasts or follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you so much for listening to t Talk.